What's good, people? If you haven't heard, they finally released the affidavit to YNW Melly's arrest. This contains the full details of the actual case. I didn't listen to what the blog said. I went and actually pulled the paperwork, all right? This is the actual paperwork. I'm going to read through this with you guys. After I'm done, I want you to let me know what you think about this whole situation. Is the police reaching or is YNW Melly caught red-handed? Let me know. So make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification button, and watch the video all the way to the end. It's like 16 pages, but I'm going to read it really quick and get to the point, all right? Like I said, I got the paperwork here. You know what I mean? It's the first page. It's letting you know his name, you know, um, when they booked him and what charges he's facing. Um, here's another part of it. This is It's kind of repetitive, right? It kind of shows you the same thing over, but then when we get down here... Here's the actual details to the case, all right? On or about the 26th day of October in the year of 2018 in the county of Broward, state of Florida, Jamel's Demons and Cortland Henry did then and there unlawfully and feloniously while acting as principals kill and murder Anthony Williams, a human being, by shooting him with a firearm with a premeditated intent to cause the death of said Anthony Williams. And during the course thereof, Jamel Demons did actually possess and discharge a firearm and as a result, death was inflicted on Anthony Williams. So count one, murder in the first degree with a firearm. Count two, same thing, except this time they're identifying that they shot Christopher Thomas Jr., all right? So that's Sack Chaser and that's Juvie. Now, here's the juice right here. Here's the details. This is the probable cause. This is what led them to be able to go and arrest him in the first place. On October 26, 2018, at 4.35 a.m., Cortland Henry entered the emergency room at Memorial Miramar, requesting assistance for the two passengers in his vehicle, a 2018 Jeep Compass with Florida registration tag IEKD22. As they were shot multiple times, a police, I don't know how to say his name, who was working security detail exited the hospital and made contact with the aforementioned vehicle that was stopped in the loading zone on the north side of Memorial Miramar Hospital ER entrance. The police requested the medical staff in the removing of the two passengers. Both passengers were unresponsive and exhibited multiple gunshot wounds. The vehicle transporting both victims also sustained a minimum of eight projectile entry points on the right side exterior and one visible projectile entry point to the rear left gate. The front right passenger, Anthony Williams, sustained gunshot wounds to his torso and head, while the right rear passenger, Christopher Thomas Jr., sustained several gunshot wounds to his back and head. Both passengers on the right side of the vehicle were pronounced deceased by medical staff at the Memorial Miramar. Remember, both passengers were on the right side of the vehicle. This is going to this is going to make sense when we get later on into this um affidavit, all right? Henry was questioned, and according to him, he departed a recording studio in Fort Lauderdale with the two victims in his vehicle. Henry stated he drove on I-595 to I-75 and exited at Miramar Parkway heading west. Henry stated that just past Southwest 160th Ave, which is Dyke Road, a vehicle pulled next to him and started shooting. Henry immediately lowered his body position to the floorboard 
in a protective posture to avoid being shot. Henry added that when he sat upright, his friends, William and Thomas, were shot and he immediately proceeded to the nearest hospital. Detective Toyota later drove with Henry to have him identify the specific locations of where the shooting occurred. Henry pointed out the 1600 block of Miramar Parkway. It should be noted that the area was shut down between 160th Ave and 172nd Ave on Miramar Parkway and was closely examined for any evidence to corroborate the statement made by Henry. After a long and exhausting examination, no evidence was found. The detectives and the officers walked the 12 blocks out on foot. It should be noted that not a single report of gunshots were reported to the Broward County Communications Center, nor Miami-Dade as well. It should be noted that the area between 172nd Ave and 184th Ave was closed down on 10-29-2018 and canvassed on foot by detectives and officers. No corroborating evidence was found. Henry's hands were processed by Miramar Police Department's crime scene technician Michael Kelly. First, by submission for laboratory testing with Tri-Tech gunshot residue evidence collection kit. And then with the presumptive gunshot residue test. The residue test was negative. Lab results are still pending for the Tri-Tech gunshot residue evidence collection. On 10-26-2018, this affiant, along with Detective Toyota, made contact with Dontavius Wither, who initially identified himself as Dontavius Williams at 1825 Southwest 44th Street. This is the last known residence of the victim. According to Withers, they, Henry, Demons, Thomas, Williams, and a few others were at a recording studio in Fort Lauderdale, Florida and left together in two separate vehicles. Withers stated he arrived a little ahead of the victims at the residence. Withers stated it wasn't until later that he found out his friends were shot. Withers said that Demons was in the vehicle, a red Mitsubishi, and the gray Jeep was occupied by Henry, Williams, and Thomas. Withers was asked if he knew the locations of demons and stated he did not. However, it was later discovered that Withers was lying to the affiant as he had just came from the residence of Frederick Givens, a.k.a. Fredo Bang, and had been in presence of demon. Now, if you guys are seeing what's happening here. <laughs> Basically, the police start pressing. They start pressing witnesses and the witnesses start folding. You know what I'm saying? They start folding here because the evidence is not, it's not matching up with what they said. He's saying he was with him. He wasn't with him. Like, it's going back and forth. Um, Frederick Given, that's Fredo Bang. Y'all know the rapper Fredo Bang. What makes this crazy is there's a session with Fredo Bang, YNW Melly, and a few others at New Era Studios. This is the same day the situation happened. Later on, we're going to touch on the documentary YNW Melly made. There's a scene that shows them leaving New Era Studio in the vehicles, and it shows Melly getting inside the Jeep. The location of the recording studio was identified as 805 Northeast 4th Ave in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's New Era Recording Studios, if y'all don't know. Y'all know New Era uh, promotions, that's their studio. Now, detectives Toyota and Bertrand 
made contact with management on 10-26-2018. The manager of the studio, Albert Price, confirmed the victims were at the recording studio along with Jamel Demons and Cortland Henry. The manager provided Toyota and Bertrand access to the studio cameras. Video evidence showed that on 10-26-2018, the gray Jeep departed New Era Studio located at 805 Northeast 4th Ave in Fort Lauderdale, Florida at 3.20. The video was actually behind one hour. So the driver was identified as Cortland Henry, the left rear passenger as Jamel Demons, the right front passenger Anthony Williams, and the right rear passenger as Christopher Thomas Jr. It should be noted that Demons had a light brown satchel hanging down on the left side of his body. The satchel appeared to be weighed down, but the contents were unknown. When Christopher Thomas Jr. departed the studio, he was also carrying a black satchel in his left hand. That satchel also appeared to be weighed down as well. The gray Jeep with the above listed individuals, Demons, Henry, Williams, and Thomas, departed the area, the red Mitsubishi being driven by Withers and accompanied by Adrian Davis and two other individuals followed behind. Now, real quick, guys, all of this stuff right here that I'm saying was actually caught on camera and it shows him getting into the Jeep. Y'all got to be more careful when y'all making up these stories. I'm just saying. Now, as stated earlier, Withers said he proceeded directly to his residence in Miramar, this was confirmed by the security cameras at the gatehouse to Sunset Lakes, located in the 3500 block of 184th Ave. As he arrived at 349, the video surveillance cameras at 1701 Miramar Parkway captured the red Mitsubishi and a dark SUV passing Southwest 172nd Ave at 346 a.m. This is consistent with the arrival of the red Mitsubishi at the security gates to Sunset Lakes at 3.49 a.m. Withers had to stop and be identified to enter the residence by the security guard as observed on video. On 10-26-2018, a search warrant was issued in this case for the vehicle being driven by Henry and accompanied by Thomas, Williams, and Demons. The vehicle was maintained in a secured storage at the Miramar Police Department West Substation. The vehicle is owned by Enterprise Car Rental and rented by the manager of Demons, Jamison Francois, or Francis. The evidence was processed by CSI, Carter and Carol. This is where the forensic stuff comes in, y'all. Y'all watch CSI, right? CSI Miami. This is where forensic comes in, y'all. The vehicle had eight visible projectile holes on the right side of the vehicle, three on the front right passenger door, and five on the right rear passenger door. There was also a projectile hole on the right lift gate. The vehicle also had visible damage to the interior of the vehicle from projectiles entering from the outside to the inside of the vehicle. A significant amount of blood was on the inside passenger side of the vehicle, front and back. All the projectiles entering the vehicle were concentrated to the right side of the vehicle passenger side. All evidence was collected and placed into evidence. It should be noted that one single 40 caliber shell casing was found inside the vehicle on the floorboard 
of the left rear passenger side. All right, left rear passenger side. Remember this, y'all. Left rear passenger side, allegedly Juvie and Sack was on the right side of the vehicle, front and back. Demons, or YNW Melly, was allegedly in the back left side of the vehicle. All right. The 40 cal shell casing they found was found inside a white plastic bag on the floorboard. This was the seat that was utilized by demons as observed on the video. Remember the video I told y'all about, right? Leaving the studio, getting into the, to, into the car, as well as on this documentary that they released. The single shell casing also contradicts statements made by Henry stating this incident was a drive-by shooting. This supports the evidence that victims were shot inside the car first and the projectile holes on the exterior was later staged in an effort to misdirect law enforcement investigation. So basically, they're saying that Melly was on the left side, the back left seat, and he shot Juvie and Sack Chaser in the car, right? I'm talking head shot in the back, in the head, like, whoo. Now, on October 27, 2018, the Affiant made contact with Withers in Vero Beach. After confronting Withers with video evidence, Withers then changed his story. Withers added Demons was in the gray Jeep initially, but along the way, he got out of the Jeep and entered the red Mitsubishi. Withers stated this occurred on I-75 near the Sheridan Street exit. Withers stated that he was contacted by demons via Snapchat to pull over on I-75 and meet up. A search warrant was obtained on the cell phone and cell sites used by demons, Withers, Williams, and Thomas. A cell phone mapping showed demons, Thomas, and Williams were together and Withers followed behind. It was determined that Withers did proceed to the residence and arrived at the location around 349. This was also confirmed by the video from the gate at the complex, right? The records also show a continuous route from the studio to the residence without a stop or delay in between. What that means is Withers lied in the beginning. He got confronted about it. He lied again. Now he just, he's messed, he messed up. All these lies is why the police don't really know what happened, but they're piecing together what they think happened, right? Second, everybody who thinks Snapchat is untraceable and the messenger races and all this stuff, shut up. Everything you do on your phone is tracked. These phones are tracking devices, waiting for the police to come with a warrant to be able to look at the data. That's literally what happens, people, all right? In order for these companies to create these apps and have all these followers, they have to agree to the government's request, right? The government says in order for y'all to be in business, you have to do this, this, and this. And one of them is when I come with a search warrant, you're going to give up everything. So for everybody who thinks Snapchat is an untraceable app, you stupid, let me repeat that. You stupid. Because what they did was basically request all the information from their cell phone and from the apps and they pieced together the information. And we're going to get to that. Just chill. Now, the cell site warrant for the cell phones of Demons, Thomas and Williams revealed they traveled west on Miramar Parkway, but turned north on Southwest 184th Ave towards Pine Boulevard, then turned west on Pines Boulevard. The video evidence shows the gray Jeep Compass traveling west at 3.53 a.m. 
and re-enters eastbound at 4.06 a.m. Cell site data from Demon's cell phone corresponded with the actual crime scene location, which is within the jurisdiction limits of Miramar, Broward County, Florida. Williams' cell phone also registered at the same location as Demon's. The cell phone for Thomas registered on a cell tower near the crime scene, but separate and apart from the false reported drive-by location. This evidence contradicts statements made by Henry at the hospital as it shows a different path traveled. These records also don't show demons meeting up with Withers and proceeding home with him. T-Mobile cell phone records also show that demons was traveling from Fort Lauderdale in a west direction starting at 3.20 a.m until the time of the shooting on 10-26-2018. This was consistent with video evidence obtained in the case. The records then showed demons traveling back in an eastern direction with the location of the crime scene being in the path of travel. It should be noted that the original crime scene location identified by Henry was a false location. The investigation revealed that Henry intentionally lied to the investigators and had others to deceive and mislead the investigation in an attempt to hide the incriminating truth pertaining to the homicides of Thomas and Williams. These same cell phone records show all all the cell phones of Demons and Williams moving around the area of West I-75 in Pembroke Pines at 4.25 a.m. prior to entering the hospital at 4.35 a.m. The records of Demon also indicate a departure from the vehicle at 4.32 a.m. Video evidence shows Henry arriving at the hospital with Thomas and Williams but without Demon. According to the CDR of Demon's cell phone, he separated from the cell phone belonging to Williams around 4.32 a.m. This was according to the records provided by T-Mobile via a search warrant issued in reference to this case. Evidence shows that Henry and Demons drove around for a period of time with the two dead victims in their vehicle prior to entering the hospital. This was in a calculated effort to establish their versions of the incident in an attempt to deceive law enforcement. Video evidence obtained from the hospital shows Henry had changed his clothes. When he departed the studio, he was wearing a black t-shirt. But when he arrived at the hospital, he was wearing a black hoodie. The black hoodie was later examined and no forensic evidence was noted. However, the black shirt worn under the hoodie by Henry had a bloodstained pattern on it, both front and back. Now, on 11-21-2018, Officer D. Gowins of Fort Lauderdale K-9 unit with the K-9 gunner, was requested to assist in a searching the area identified as suspect crime scene from the phone records within the jurisdiction of Miramar, Broward County, Florida. The canine showed reaction to an area on the side of the road approximately 870 feet from the nearest north-south running cross street. A closer examination revealed a total of eight 40 caliber Blazer S&W shell casings on the ground next to the roadway in the shoulder. The two different types of shards of glass were found in close proximity of the shell casings. The first type of glass was a clear glass consistent with the front right passenger window of the vehicle and the second was uh, the tinted glass consistent with the right rear passenger of the vehicle. The crime scene was processed by CSI Curry 
The casings were sent to the BSO Crime Lab for comparison and evaluation. A closer examination of the newly discovered crime scene revealed the vehicle was stopped at this location and weapons were discharged into the vehicle. The vehicle made a U-turn and fled the area. The other side of the road also had shards of glass consistent with the passenger's window of the vehicle. This was also a contradiction to the statement made by Henry on the morning of the shooting at the hospital to his affiant. This was clearly not a drive-by shooting, and no other vehicle pulled next to them and started shooting as stated by Henry. This clearly shows a pattern of deceitfulness by Henry, all in an effort to mislead this investigation. We got three more pages, y'all. On December 14, 2018, Dr. R. McDougall, assistant medical examiner, Broward County, examined the Jeep that was accompanied by all parties involved at the time of the homicide. The vehicle was maintained in a secured storage since the incident. Now we finally got the autopsy back. On 1-11-2019, the autopsy came back. This is at the same time they issued that warrant for Bortland as well, right? So once they found out when the when the when the uh, autopsy came back, they realized, oh, this really was a murder. Y'all was lying, so they immediately issued the warrant for him. They tried to get him to flip, but he wouldn't flip, right? So they brung him in, and then they finally issued the warrant for Melly. But let's get to the details. On 1-11-2019, they received confirmation from the medical examiner's office that the entry wound on the left side of Thomas' face was an intermediate wound. It should be noted there was a 3-centimeter stripling pattern around the entry wound. This was also in contradiction to what Henry stated to his affiant at the hospital when he attempted to mislead the affiant into believing this was a drive-by shooting. This evidence shows that the initial lethal shot occurred from inside the vehicle and was initiated from the left rear passenger side. The same position accompanied by demons. Remember when I said this earlier? This will make sense when I tell y'all he was allegedly sitting on the left side, the left passenger back seat. They're saying that forensic evidence shows the shots came from the back left side of the car. Not outside, but inside the car. Now let's get to the details of what an intermediate wound is. An intermediate wound by definition would indicate a distance of three inches to three feet between the victim and a weapon. However, due to the three centimeter stripling pattern, the weapon was in a close proximity to Thomas' head. The gunshot wound to the back of Thomas also indicates those wounds were inflicted after he was shot in the head. As the projectiles entered Thomas' back when he was leaning to the left. Evidence from the autopsy revealed that both victims' wounds paths to their heads were from the left to right direction. This directly contradicts the statement made by Henry and does not support the statement of the drive-by shooting that occurred on the right side of the vehicle. The single shell casing that was recovered from inside the vehicle on 10-26-2018 by CSI was sent to the BSO lab for comparison and analysis. The shell casing was compared to the shell casing that was recovered from the crime scene on Pembroke Road on 11-21-2018. The same scene was initially hidden from investigators. BSO lab concluded the single casing was a match to the casing recovered outside the vehicle. This also contradicts statements made to this affiant of this being a drive-by shooting. This evidence also shows that 
Thomas and Williams were shot inside the vehicle and the surviving occupants, Henry and Demons, exited the vehicle and then initially shot into the vehicle from the exterior. A search warrant was requested for the Snapchat account of Demons. The warrant was reviewed and later approved by Judge Orlando. The direct message of the Snapchat account of Demons revealed he was communicating with his girlfriend, Mariah Hamilton, on November 9th, 2018, just 14 days after the homicide. He stated, grab him, it's my fault. You forgot? I keep Bortland with me cause at the end of the day, he did one of the realest shit in my life. These are interesting statements as they were referring to Demons' loyalty and association with Henry. They also suggest that Henry was loyal of him because he is one who drove the bodies to the hospital and dealt with the law enforcement. These statements also support the belief by law enforcement that Demons is the shooter and the evidence leads back to him and any further cooperation by Henry would be damaging to Demons. This warrant also reveals that no communication between Demons and Weathers on 1026 2018 as previously stated um, to law enforcement by Withers. So Withers lied about Melly Snapchatting him saying, hey, pull over, let's switch, right? He lied about that. The reason they know is because they got the warrant, like I said, from Snapchat and they read through all his messages. They also seen them DMs from them girls that probably was sending him news, but we're not going to get into it. We're going to get to the topic, which is the messages that Melly sent to his girl. I mean... It's a lot of assumption, and that's what I'm realizing with these cases. It's a ton of assumption. It's putting stuff together. But once they have a case, if you can't prove otherwise, if you can't prove what they're saying is not true, then you're guilty. You understand? Even though they put this story together, even it is saying we think, we believe, assumptions. If you can't prove otherwise, you're guilty, right? So this whole innocent before proving guilty, I get it, but technically you have to always prove your innocence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not innocent before proving guilty. If you're charged with something, you're guilty. You have to prove that you're innocent. Now, here's the part that just really take me for a spin. On December 4th, 2018, Demons, in an effort to promote his career, released a documentary on YouTube. Throughout the 21-minute documentary, Demons glorified his use and possession of firearms. Demons stated He'd been carrying a gun since he was in the fourth grade. This is also consistent with statements obtained during this investigation regarding demons always in possession of a firearm. At the end of the documentary, the final scene displays these words. Get ready for this, y'all. Four days after the completion of this film, YNW Melly and his friends were targeted by a drive-by shooting in Miami, Florida. This is significant as it also places demons at the scene of the crime in the vehicle with Henry, Thomas, and Williams. In summary, the following information supports the finding of probable cause, including but not limited to false statements made by Henry at the hospital, false statements made by witnesses, and involved others to intentionally mislead this investigation. Demons fleeing the area, not cooperating and refusing to give a statement, and the manager of Demons, Jameson Francois, or Francis, intentionally misleading the investigators, giving false statements, stating he did not know where his client is presently located. It was later discovered that Francis, or Francois, was in communication with Demons and even drove him out the area after the shooting. It was also later determined by cell phone records that Demons and 
and Williams were in the location determined to be the actual crime scene, which is isolated from the individuals passing by and potentially witnessed to murder. Cell phone evidence indicated that Demons was dropped off prior to Henry arriving at the hospital. The autopsy report shows the wound's path for both victims' head wounds was from left to right direction. The shell casing inside of the vehicle matched the casings on the outside of the vehicle. Evidence shows Williams and Thomas were shot inside of the vehicle and the rounds came from the left right passenger side of the vehicle subsequently occupied subsequently occupied by demons. The crime scene was intentionally staged to appear the vehicle was involved in a drive-by shooting. Video evidence shows Henry changed his clothes but the original short worn by Henry had a bloodstained pattern on it. In an interview with the mother and girlfriend of Demons, both stated that after the shooting, Demons called them being FaceTime and stated he was a victim of a drive-by shooting and his friends were killed, thus placing him at the scene at the time of the incident. The mother of Demons' girlfriend also stated when she witnessed the FaceTime call, it appeared Demons was outside and hiding waiting to be picked up. This is also consistent with the cell phone records of Demons. It, it should be noted that Demons was in possession of his phone before the incident, during the incident, and after the incident. This was also corroborated by the cell phone records obtained in the case. Now, I don't even got too much to say to y'all. The only thing I'm going to say is, number one, if y'all going to do something stupid, make sure y'all really know how to clean up your mess, all right? Number two, man, pick your friends wisely, yo. Pick your friends wisely, and I'm talking about Melly and Bortland. Because if you're your friend, number one, you wouldn't murder your friends, number one. Number two, you wouldn't even put your friend in a position like that to, to take that much responsibility. He basically going to do the same amount of time as Melly if they are charged as guilty, and he ain't pulled no trigger. You know what I mean? Everybody involved in this case, unfortunately, is going to do time. Everybody who lied is unfortunately going to do time if this man is found guilty. Period. Now, with all this being said, I went and pulled the affidavit. I'm not going by what the blog said. What do you guys think about this case? Do you guys think YNW Melly has a chance to beat this case? Is the police reaching with all these assumptions and cell phones and all this stuff? Or do you have enough proof to say, dang, Melly, Melly killed his best friends. Melly killed two of his best friends. What do you guys think? Hit the comment section with your opinion. I am Super Sean and this is Famous Before the Fame Podcast. By the way, I want y'all to let me know what y'all think about this type of content. Do you want me to do this more when big cases come out? Do you want me to read the details or do you just want me to just free freestyle everything and go by what these other blogs do? I'm trying to be different. Let me know. Hit the comment section like I said.